Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Launch Pro at podcastlaunch.pro. No, dot, not .com. Podcastlaunch.pro. Check it out. I hear the guy that runs it. It's kind of cool. Oh, oh, oh. This one time. So, this one time. This one time? <laughs> this, you know what? This one time. This one time. Oh my god, this one time. The podcast. I really want to know what's stuck inside of my throat. It's usually your job. <laughs> well, we're not done yet because I could still lose my voice. Greetings from Bangkok. In just a moment, Sue Bedford is going to talk about a book that she has written. Uh, it's a travel memoir book, but plus we don't turn off, don't turn off, don't turn off, damn it. It's really, really cool. Uh, but before we get there, hello, my lover. <laughs> Hiccups now. <laughs> Hold on. I got to match that. Hello, baby. <laughs> and hello, everyone. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. And have we got a story for you? Yeah, we'll get to Sue's story in a moment. And I probably will have hiccups between now and then. But what the hell? <laughs> we power through. It's because of food. And food is the first thing I want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk I like about food. food. Listen, when you come to visit Thailand, listener... When you come to visit Bangkok specifically, but other towns in Thailand as well, you must, seriously, you must go on a food tour with Taste of Thailand food tours. We've been on two now, right, baby? We have, yeah. Two tours. They're wonderful. Um, I'm not a big guided tour kind of person. I would say that's a true statement. But they are awesome. The one we just came back from a few weeks ago was the Tuk Tuk tour of hidden little food places. So the great thing about it is it's a tuk-tuk, 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 however you want to pronounce it, tour, because uh, Bangkok is really, what's the word I'm looking for? Food-centric? Uh, hot. Oh, yeah. And yeah. riding in a tuk-tuk to get to these little hidden hole-in-the-wall places is way better than walking around the oh, city. Oh, yeah. People yeah, like yeah, you yeah. who sweat a lot like the yes. idea of getting in a tuk-tuk. Oh, and, thanks. Now all of our listener. And the second thing is... That's the only time you want to get in a tuk-tuk is when somebody else has already got it all arranged because right. they will rip you off like there's no tomorrow. That is true. That is true. We did the tuk-tuk food tour and it was very awesome as these things always are with Taste of Thailand. And we told them ahead of time, as we tell them every time, them being the Taste of Thailand people, that you are what the Thais call a mong sawirat. Yes which is how you say vegetarian in Thailand. Exactly like that, by the way. That's a perfect pronounced way. I don't. No, no, it really is. <laughs> Mong right. So we let them know that, and they, in turn, they tell the tour guide that we're in. Yes. Very small. It was us, a tour guide, and one other person. Correct. There was only four of us. Correct. One of them worked there. They, in turn, know to tell the shopkeepers, the yes. proprietors, to do the meatless version. Right. And I think that's the reality. Instead of doing the whole, it's a vegetarian, let's not cook with meat. Right. It's, let's just take the meat out. out. Well, I think that's Thailand in general. I think so as well. I don't think they understand the whole vegetarian no animal product type situation. Yeah, there's a lot of vegetarians here. Right. But I think they're voluntary vegetarian yeah. in that they have made a choice to, during certain times of the year, 
right. not eat not eat the flesh of other things. They're okay if the food was cooked in the flesh of other things. Right. That's okay, as long as you don't have the chunks. Yeah, so the way that they made your vegetarian food, I think, was by simply taking the meatballs out of the things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Other than that, it was awesome. Yeah. It was just awesome. But no, if you're a vegetarian and you come to Thailand and your plan is to not eat any meat, you're going to eat meat. But you don't know that anywhere. I mean, That's true. Reality is, no, I you. mean, they could be back there spitting in my food and I wouldn't know. Listen, because- <laughs> are you a non-spit eating or are you a non-meat eater? You've got to pick one. I can't have both. <laughs> in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, touch left. Out, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, in, out, in, out, in, touch right and rest. Well, I was thinking about it, and because it's really douchey to write a memoir. Yeah. And it's exceptionally douchey to write a memoir before you're 30. Mm. So I found that the only way I could not suck was by talking about all the embarrassing, awful, ridiculous ways that I screwed up. So people usually think you suck less when they get to laugh at you. Sounds like someone has figured out Evo's superpower. My name is Sue Bedford. I am the author of It's Only the Himalayas and Other Tales of Miscalculation from an Overconfident Backpacker, which is my memoir of all the embarrassing, ridiculous, terrifying, stupid ways that I traveled around the world and managed to screw it up. We all do stupid things when we travel. But when those stupid things lead to tattoos of beating hearts, animal crackers, and a droopy flower slash amoeba thing, we're into special territory. How exactly do people end up in these situations? You know, sometimes you just hear somebody else doing something and before you realize what you're saying, you've said, oh, hey, I would like to do that. And by the time you're at the end of the sentence, you're already taking steps to do that. And yet you haven't actually thought about what sort of atrocious decision you've just made. You're describing my entire career path, but please continue. (laughs) It was one of those. So I had um, arrived in Guatemala in Lake Atitlan, which I had been to a couple of times. I had just come from Burning Man and... I met a Australian girl who was a tattoo artist hmm. and she was just doing a visa run in Guatemala. She was she was only going to be there for a few days and she had her tattoo gun and a bunch of needles and tubes and ink and she was just tattooing backpackers as she went along her way. Hmm. And there was one backpacker who lived uh, in Lake Atitlan. He was English and he was an artist and he wanted to get into becoming a tattoo artist. He had asked her if she would teach him how to tattoo and she had agreed and she'd given him a needle and a tube and some ink and she was helping him tattoo himself. I thought 
that was brilliant tattooing yourself right. I, I thought i like i said i have a couple small tattoos i have some scarification i've had piercings in the past i have one prison style stick and poke that a friend <laughs> had done for me on her bedroom floor i thought to myself you know what i don't have is a really crappy tattoo that i did myself right so this is what i'd like to add to my collection I asked her if she would be willing to teach me, and she said, unfortunately not, because she had to catch a flight back to the States since she was set to go trimming in the Emerald Triangle. Hmm. But she would provide me with a needle and a tube, and I could go introduce myself to the local tattoo artist, and maybe if I wore my tiniest shorts, (laughs) he would take me under his wing. Ah, yes, good old Latin American hospitality. Hmm. So I did just that. I put on my smallest bikini and shorts. I took the needle and tube and I went knocking on his door, introduced myself and said, hey, I would like to tattoo myself. Uh, My friend said she knows you, et cetera, because I explained it. It must be said that this tattoo artist is an incredibly tough individual. I don't want to repeat some of the stories that I heard because I don't know how far his uh, reaches Mm. go and I certainly don't want any Guatemalan guys knocking on my door and breaking my fingers. Right. I will leave it to say that he learned to tattoo in prison. I think his first tattoo machine was a guitar string and a cigarette lighter or something ridiculous it was very macgyver of him it was very macgyver and he's a fantastic tattoo artist and was actually a very funny awesome guy the day i knocked on the door it was slow at the shop and he said absolutely you want to tattoo yourself totally i'll show you how and we can sit and we'll hang out and we'll you'll tattoo yourself and i think he said he would charge me like five dollars for the ink or whatever and i said cool I drew out, I decided to tattoo a human heart because on my ankle, since it's a lot of girls can say, oh yes, I just have a tattoo of a little heart on my ankle. So now I can say that, except it's a human heart. Mm. We sat down and he taught me and I tattooed my heart on on my ankle. And it actually came out, for someone who's not an artist and has no idea what the hell they're doing, it came out pretty damn good. I have to say I'm quite pleased of it. And if I move my foot a certain way, it looks like it's beating and it works really well on Tinder dates. Um, so it's awesome. It's awesome. So I tattooed myself. I was super proud of it. And I went to, because I was staying in at the lake for a while, I had befriended uh, various Canadians and Australians and whatnot who worked at the local bar who were also staying there for a while. And I returned to the bar and I showed them my tattoo. And they thought it was so neat and so exciting that one of the guys who admittedly possibly had had one too many vodka crans at this point said, I want you to tattoo me. And then someone else said, well, if you're tattooing him, I want you to tattoo me. (laughs) And they all decided that they wanted to get tattoos of animal crackers. They looked up what the traditional animal crackers from the 80s, so our generation, what we grew up with, our animal crackers, they all picked their spirit cracker. And they all came down to the shop and the guy, I, the tattooist said, okay, you can tattoo them. I'll show you how. I'll give you some tips. We'll charge them 20 bucks. You get 10. I get 10. I said, awesome. Oh, yeah. So we begin, and I'm tattooing these animal crackers to 
varying degrees of success. I'll admit there is a really quivery seal out there <laughs> and a buffalo that has a bit of a protruding nose, but there's also a terrific lion and a hippo I'm pretty proud of. Hmm. So I did about seven of these animal crackers and then somebody else wanted a spider, so I did a spider and it's all going very well and I'm very proud of myself uh, with my little cartoon animals. And then my, the tattoo artist says, this time I want you, now you need to, you need to move up in the world. You need to do something, something better, something bigger. I said, okay. And he said, I want you to do a, it, it was, it's like this Lotus dream catcher sort of mm. geometric. The key is geometric, which is a very terrifying term when yeah. you're not very good mm. because a a cartoon seal will forgive you. A geometric shape will not. Yeah, I mean, anyway. in your in your defense, animal crackers resemble crackers more than they yes. resemble animals. So absolutely, absolutely, I'm tattooing cookies. There's leeway. There is leeway. Uh, this geometric flower thing. There is no leeway. Mm. Anyway, there was this. Uh, expat from the states. I think he's maybe in his forties or fifties, and he's head to toe covered in tattoos. He had tattoos on the back of his head, everywhere. So the tattoo artist said, okay, and the two of them were buddies. He said, okay, you're gonna tattoo this guy and you're gonna do it on his leg. Cool, no problem, I can do it on his thigh. Probably not that many people are gonna see his thigh. We're in the Guatemalan highlands. You don't really wear shorts, whatever, no problem. So I'm setting up and I'm getting ready to do it. And the day that I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm, I've drawn the stencil, I'm about to do it, and the tattoo artist, I think he had had some issue with some ex-girlfriend the night before. I think she stole some money from him, I'm not sure. Anyway, the next morning when I went in to do it, he was already quite a few beers deep and feeling in a cavalier mood. And he said, you know what? You're not gonna do it on his thigh. I believe in you. I have watched you grow as an artist from cartoon seal to cartoon lion. I've seen you breathed life into those animal crackers. You are above a thigh. You are going to do it on his face. Of course. Of course. I said, okay, sure, no problem. And this guy who was a I don't know if he was a terrific sport, if he just didn't give a crap, or if he was kind of an idiot for trusting this girl who's just done you know, her portfolio with seven animal crackers on Instagram. Uh, but he says, sure, you can do it on my face. So I sit down and I draw the stencil. The stencil looks pretty good. And I start to tattoo. And keep in mind, I'm shaking incredibly hard. So the tattoo artist is like, it's fine. Here, I got you a beer. Chug the beer. And and then I was like, are you sure? He's like, absolutely. Helps me every time. Just yeah. chug the beer. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. So I chug the beer. It does calm my nerves. Mm. Um, the lines begin to blur, but that's fine. So I start tattooing. But the problem is, when you're tattooing somebody, you have to stretch the skin mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. just to make sure that it's, it's going on proper, which is fine if you're doing it on a part of your body where your skin is not especially elastic. When you're doing it on someone who's slightly older and you're doing it on their face, to stretch the skin, it suddenly becomes like you're tattooing an oyster. <laughs> 
Because I go to stretch his cheek, and the next thing I know, his cheek's, like, on the other side of his nose. And I'm trying to do this tattoo, and from certain angles, it does look symmetrical, but then if I flatten it out, it, it's changing shapes all over the place. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, it's cool, no problem, and I'm tattooing this lotus thing. And the tattoo artist um, is increasingly stressed out over whatever drama happened with his ex-girlfriend the night before, and he's had considerably more beers at this point. For this drawing, I'm supposed to be shading, we'll say I have to shade the left side of every petal of this lotus flower. Sure, give us some depth and dimension. And I said, okay. And he said, well, listen, I'll show you how you do the shading. So he takes the gun and he, he shades the left side of the first petal. And then he shades the right side of the second petal. Uh. And then we pause and we look at the petals and we look at each other and he mouths all sorts of Spanish swear words. And then, you know, gives me the shh, don't say anything. And he's like, and this is how you do it. You just, you shade the left and then the right and then the left, and then the right, and you go all the way in the circle. And I thought, that is not how you do it, but sure, no problem. And thankfully, there was an even number of petals in this circle, so it did work out, ultimately. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sweating, and I'm, I'm doing this tattoo, and keep in mind, all the other ones I've done, these animal crackers, took 10, maybe 15 minutes to do. This giant... Lotus, I'm working on it for three hours. Uh And I'm shaking and I'm just dripping sweat. And the poor guy I'm working on, because I'm stabbing him in the face for three hours, he's he's starting to tremble. And then three hours goes by, and I I finish this lotus, and I let go of the stretch skin, and it and it (laughs) slurps back into split into place, and I look and I think, oh my god, that's not symmetrical. That's not even that's not even close to symmetrical. Oh. I don't I mean, maybe if I was to close peg his cheek to his nostril, <laughs> then okay, or like safety pin his cheek to his lip, sure. But the way it's settled, it's not symmetrical. I was like, crap, crap, what do I do? What do I do? So I called in one of the other tattoo artists who didn't speak English and my mm. Spanish is eh, mediocre at best. I'm not I don't know the words for asymmetrical geometric <laughs> lotus. We hadn't covered that. We were still on where is the library. Hmm. Um, so I'm pointing at it and gesturing wildly, hoping that this guy doesn't notice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all got to be quiet, and I'm doing the charades, and then the tattoo artist is trying to calm me down, and he's scratching his chin, and he's not sure what to do. And suddenly the guy on the table sits bolt upright, and he is white. He's completely blanched. Mm. His lips are white. And he's gasping and grabbing his chest. He's like, I need my inhaler. We're like, what? He's like, I need my inhaler. I'm having a panic attack. This is so painful. I got to go. I, I got to go. I said, oh, okay, sure. But but just a few touch-ups. He's like, no, I'm out of here. And he just gets off the table and bolts into the night. <laughs> and then the next morning, I had to leave. Which sounds like a good thing at this point. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the worst thing. So if you're ever on Lake Atitlan and you encounter a very nice American expat in perhaps his late 40s with an asymmetrical lotus on his cheek, yo, that's my work. (laughs) That's the guy. I think that 
pretty much wraps up my career as a tattoo artist. I feel like from there, there's really nowhere to go. Yeah, I don't know where to go. I mean, animal crackers to, I'm gonna say an amoeba. And good. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the rest of the shows that we do don't go as long as this one. But hey, it was a funny story. And so it we, was a we, funny story. We tell the funny stories. Oh my gosh. I got a... A uh, new bag from Travelsmith, and I can't wait to travel again because it's a rolling, almost like a backpack from Eagle Creek that I'm super excited to use. Sheila travels differently than I do with the whole luggage thing. I, I have a backpack only, but since she carries a camera on her back, she needs uh, different different bags. This is, how many bags have you had so far on this trip, honey? Um, well, I started with the great big one. Sure, I'm, I'm looking for a number. One two three i think this is my this is four or five four or five one of yeah. the two well but but this one is in addition to the like i have two now because i have the bigger version of what i just got right so you started out traveling with two and you're back to two again Great. Thanks, Travelsmith. No, really, thanks, Travelsmith. <laughs> Great partners of ours. And for all your travel outfitting needs, check out Travelsmith.com. We love our patrons at Patreon.com. Their monthly support helps us. Thanks very much, guys. Our next batch of cards are being sent from the time when we were in Kaolak. You might remember we relayed that story just a couple of shows ago, Kaolak, Thailand. And if you want to get signed up to be on the list and get a postcard from us each and every month, do that at shivo.wtf slash postcards or patreon.com slash OPP travelers. Our music is by Valea Valea. Thanks for listening, listener. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. For more information about us, where we're going, and all the crazy things that we do, check us out online at shivo.wtf. <laughs> <laughs>